We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Kits and Wagers. I'm Adam Zdroik, joined by Chris Owen. We're talking game week 24 in the Premier League. We're going to give our bets. Chris, oh man, last week, Chris, do I, do I, should I say it? Chris yeah. went 0 and 4. I went 4 and 0. Are you okay right now? Yeah, definitely, definitely okay. Uh, Liverpool got the win, though. Liverpool got the win. Liverpool got the win. It's a transparent podcast. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, not, not how I wanted to do it, but kind of, you know, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, I think, type of deal. I oh, I did go on four. I had two, four of the blandest bets possible. I had two on uh, <laughs> uh, both teams to score, and then I had two on double chance. Neither team got a draw or a win. And then the both teams, no on both. I think it was a no on both teams to score. Didn't work out. That's okay. Um, I did bet against Liverpool. Liverpool did win, so I like slightly better for my mental health, which is fine. Um, you know, in the end, I wanted them to win. So, but yeah, I would have liked to get one right. And then prior to that, I had been kind of like on the up and up, you know, I had been stringing together a couple, couple wins here and there, and my record had gotten better. Uh, my record's probably a lot closer to 400, uh, 500 now, um, or even. So that's okay. Um, we're going to try and get it right this week. I, I, you know, dedicated a little bit more time to it. And, uh, um, you know, most of all, like, you know, I, I like I kind of like these matchups better. Last week we had some some matchups that were like maybe not my favorite, maybe not our favorite to be honest. Right. But uh, uh, this week I think we got a couple of good ones. Um, and I didn't even hear your second end of the parlay yet, so I'm in, interested to get to the end of the show and hear that. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. And then uh, you know, outside of that, uh, I did want to mention that the MLS dropped about I think it was 13 kits yesterday. This is the Kits and Waiters podcast. Got to talk so, about it. Yeah, so we got a, I, you know, I did a quick, quick uh, find my, find myself a summary article of some of the best kits, and for myself here, I live in Seattle. I'm an adopted Seattle Sounders fan. You know, I don't never really had an MLS team, but because I'm so close to it, I might as well at least go to the games and enjoy them. Uh, so I, ha- I previously had the Jimi Hendrix like uh, second away kit, which is honestly a really cool kit. I at first I was like, eh, but you know, the kind of like purple haze, ish like little ode to Jimi Hendrix, one of Seattle's own, um, had to get that. But so they came out with a, a Bruce Lee inspired, uh, kit and it, wow. it's a, because it's a 50 years 
since his his last movie before he passed away. And you know, Bruce Lee, he was a uh, I don't know whether he grew up here or spent a lot of time here, but there's a couple uh, there's a pretty cool museum ex- exhibition here about his life, and um, definitely worthwhile to see if you're ever in town. But yeah, that one was really cool, and I love like some of the little. I think it was like the most well thought out MLS kit drop. You know, there's some cool videos. Atlanta had had one. It was like we're we are the A, you know, and it was like them getting real like pumped. It was just like it was a it was like their kit that they have every year. It was their primary, um, so that was fine. But I think uh, a couple ones that weren't so great were maybe the Austin FC one. In- I was gonna mention that I'm looking through your list right now. Looks like a barcode. I mean, like, <laughs> what is this? It looks like it's kind of rough. Like, of course, in the, the, the kit that they had last year, I thought it looked really sharp. And they just, like, took those, like, good straight, like, those nice lines. Like, former, it kind of looked like a Newcastle kit a little bit. Um, different but, stories, different voices. That's that's what the, all the stripes are. Yeah, and I thought that kind of, that one kind of sucked. But a couple other highlights. The, the, um, the Portland Timbers kit, it's their primary as well. And that looks kind of like a bad green suit um it's got like the uh, yeah just uh, i wasn't super into that one i kind of like the philadelphia union one and then another highlight uh the philadelphia union one kind of does look like a little camo-ish and then i saw somebody on twitter was comparing it to like the simpsons clouds so like at the at the beginning of the simpsons when they come in and they like like go into uh springfield and they're like looking at like you can see the clouds and uh it kind of looks like that kid a little bit but i think other than that the kit does look pretty sharp um and then the other highlight, I thought the Colorado kit was really cool. It was a uh, sunrise and sunsets uh, themed, and it had like some some fuchsia in there. Like just the colors look really good, and something you'd want to wear out maybe. Um, but yeah, those are a couple of the highlights and a couple of the lowlights for me. Was, anything that you saw on the kits that you're like, maybe I might get that one. I think this the Charlotte FC Crown Jewel kit. It's it's purple with with blue lettering is is interesting, uh, but. I mean, the new team, St. Louis City, is their sponsor is Purina. So can we get like a puppy kit? Oh, there we their, go. Their kit is just, uh, I mean, they got their team colors. It's its its decent. Adidas kit, uh, different shade of red here. But, I mean, we need we need some kind of puppy kit. I think that's what, I mean, if you get Purina as your as your sponsor, yeah. you, need, you need to mix an animal some way. The pup kit? Yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah, interesting. Have we seen a dog food sponsor before? I, I don't know. I don't think so. That's why it's standing out to me here. Yeah. All right. Well, pup kit, and we're into that one. Pup kit. Yeah, but this is a Premier League show, so you can see our records if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. We got a betting records page that has all of our records for all of the teams. I will say one thing I, I'm maybe disappointed in myself is that I didn't include our our parlay teams that we actually bet into these records. So it's just, we have the parlay records. I'm, I'm actually catching up to Chris on the parlay records here, but 41 and 19. I am, uh, that's what on a hundred dollar bets. It's more than 2,500 up Chris. He's still above 500. I think that's the most important part. 29, 27 and one. And we have, the big thing this week, we're talking a Leicester City match. I'm seven and zero on Leicester City matches this season. Wow. Um, can we get to the eight and zero I was at with Manchester United? I don't. Well, actually, look at this: Leicester City at Manchester United. I'm seven and zero. 
on Leicester and eight and one on Manchester United. There's a lot of pressure riding yeah, on my what, bat this week. Well, what you're saying is maybe you're 15 and one collectively on these two teams. So, you know, listen up when Adam starts to talk Leicester City, Manchester United. I think a, a loss is inevitable now that we're kind of diving into these numbers. Break here, up the but... volume, tell the kids to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get to that one, we got Brighton against Fulham next. As I get to our numbers page, you can uh, you can get minus 150 at points, but Brighton are a decent favorite. I don't always go to this, this front page on the Premier League betting, but it's going to be a busy Saturday, I believe. So we have eight Premier League yeah. matches on Saturday. We have two on Sunday, a little slower. Uh, so we're talking two Saturday matches, I believe at the same time, and then one on Sunday. So this Brighton, our home at DraftKings, we're getting Brighton minus 155 to win, Fulham plus 425, the draw is plus 310, and over two and a half goals is minus 135, under two and a half goals, plus 110. So this is a surprising top 10 battle here between Two teams that have, you know, steadily remained in the top 10. Fulham ha- have been staying strong. Brighton are, you know, considered, I would argue they're considered a top six team right now in the league. Um, probably not Fulham, maybe just top 10. But how do you see this match going here? Yeah, no, interesting matchup. Two t- I mean, we expected Brighton to be top third maybe of the, of the table heading into the season, at least top half. They've shown that they can do that. Um, and then Fulham is a huge surprise. They have, uh, they, you know, went on a nice run. And then I think they did get a result last weekend over, uh, remind me, I think it was against. It was Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They got the 2-0 win. Um, so they're, they're playing decent. And then, uh, you know, this one's at, at Brighton. So a tough place to play traditionally i'm interested because yeah you like you said brighton you know they're seventh in the table right now they have two games in hand on tottenham who has i believe it's uh they've got four points on them so they will need to take you know ma- almost maximum points to get into the, that top six but other than that that yeah playing good not really too many as far as i can remember not too many injury concerns with them uh in this matchup but they I'm, I'm interested to see if Evan is it Evan Ferguson gets back in the starting 11. Yeah. He like, you know, made a couple of appearances that were pretty solid and, and gave them another dimension at forward, especially, you know, with a couple of players now no longer on the team. Uh, so yeah, it should be interesting. I will say, you know, when I looked at this one initially, I was like, this feels like Fulham, Fulham have been very sturdy defensively. That's like to their credit. That's what's got them to success. Um, they've been holding teams to, to not a ton of goals, and so so I looked looked in it at uh you know where what bets do I like on this one? And um, you know at first the under under two and a half goals is plus one ten. That was intriguing to me. However, I just I'm not sure where I see the goals coming from in this one. So I'm going to go back to the well from where I was last week, even though it might have spurned me a little bit. But we're going no on both teams to score at plus one ten. If you don't like that and you still think that this game is going to be under three goals, you can get the uh, under two and a half goals at plus one ten, which honestly might be a better bet. Same odds, but you you get a little bit more options there. Where if if it's uh you know if it's a one one game, you, you still cash out there. So uh, to keep that in mind, but I, I'm on no and both teams to score. I think that they they might struggle for goals in this. 
Are you worried about a 1-1 result here with this bet? That's always the worry with, with knowing both teams to score compared to under two and a half. Yeah, I mean, you know, as we speak about it here, definitely. I, I like the the uh, I like the multitude of options that you get with the under, same odds. Uh, but, yeah, I think tough to say. But, yeah, it's like knowing both teams to score is essentially, I mean, you're good on a a three nil, which I don't think this is going to be like Brighton three nil or Fulham three nil. I think but, it yeah. could be, but yeah, but I think I, you know, the higher possibility is it being like a one one and still the two and a half hitting rather than like a no on both teams to score and it being a three nil. So yeah, a little concerned, but I, I still like. I think overall, I think both bets could cash, and I think you know I like the possibility of both of them doing so. Yeah, I mean, these teams last played in September, Fulham won at home 2-1. I mean, it was super early in the season, so I, I don't think there's any reason really to put anything into it. Uh, Brighton started Pascal Gross and, and Leandro Trossard at forward. Grant Potter was still their manager, so a uh, bit of a different matchup. Uh, you mentioned a little bit of the injuries. Yeah, we'll see if Ferguson starts. Undav ha- has played well at times. It seems both those guys are above uh, – you know, veteran Danny Welbeck on uh, up, up top there. Uh, Danny Welbeck now seems like the third forward, uh, which, you know, pouring out for Danny Welbeck being a starter, I guess, uh, when, he, you know, he's getting surpassed by Ferguson and Undaf. But uh, I think the big thing with Fulham, we'll see what happens with Willian. I think Marco Silva had his presser just before our show, kind of said uh, late fitness test, a bit of a, bit of an issue with his calf. We know he's already an older player, an older player having an issue with his calf, usually not a great thing. And I mean, you look at that Forest game last week, Willian had a great goal. He was probably their most creative player. And if you remove him from the team, I think that is another boost for where you're going with the no both teams to score in under two and a half. You combine that with how Brighton are kind of dominating matches, but they've had a little bit of trouble actually scoring lately um also of note alexis McAllister moved into more of an attacking role uh, last match we'll see if that happens again where you got gross and uh, caicedo playing as defensive midfielders but i'm going you know i got a bunch of corner bets on on this show and it's not surprising uh that's that's what i do it's the bread and butter you can see my record uh speaks for itself i'm going brighton minus one corner in the first half these odds change a lot. We're talking Thursday morning. Um, you know, I've waited a lot on these corner bets. This one's currently minus 115. I assume the odds are going to change here in the couple days. On a lot of these, I wait until Saturday just to see lineups, and the numbers are gone. So just as a heads up, if you're betting some of these, some of these corner ones, they seem to move a little more than something like a double chance or or a no on both teams to score kind of a thing. So something to keep an eye on. I just think from the start, Brighton are at home. They're going to control possession. They're going to get more. Cor- they're going to get more opportunities, and just going to you know rely on that to lead to corners. So there you go. Minus one corner in the first half. Minus one fifteen there for Brighton. Interesting. Yeah. No. Will I am or Will I am would be tough for Fulham. He's he's like look like a change player. Like. I think yeah. we thought we saw the end of him, you know, as his career kind of tapered off, and then he just lands on Fulham and and scored like an incredible goal last week. Was that against? Uh, yeah, that was Nottingham Forest game. Yeah, that was a sick goal. 
Um, I yeah, mean, he had a couple. I think another one off the post. Like, I mean, he he looked like almost their best player. So, also yeah. Mitrovic may not be a hundred percent either. I, I should note that. So, yeah, and then you know, we, of course, Fulham was in the championship last year, so they didn't they didn't play each other last year. But the year prior, when Fulham was back in the the Premier League, uh, it was both both matches were zero zero. So, um, totally two totally different sides, given the investment that uh, Fulham's got. You know, Grand Potter obviously gone from. Brighton, but uh, you know, kind of worth noting there. Yeah, we got some comments from some friends here. Uh, they're telling us not to end the kit discussions, so I'm asking what other league do they uh, they want us to talk about here from, from Chris Robinson. Um, all right, but next match we're going to we got this is a relegation battle. We go from a surprising top ten top ten tilt uh, to a. May, eh, probably not a surprising relegation battle here, but Wolverhampton are home and maybe kind of surprising. They're minus 145 to win. Wolverhampton, minus 145 to win. Bournemouth, plus 425. The draw is plus 285. Over two and a half goals, plus 110. Under two and a half goals, minus 135. Last week, Chris, we had opposite bets on the Wolverhampton Southampton match. I took both teams to score. You took no on both teams to score. Wolverhampton ended up getting Nathan Jones sacked out of Southampton yeah. because they, they won two one. They scored two goals down down a man. Um, are, are you sold yet on Wolverhampton's ability to attack uh, at, to attack under Lopetegui as compared to like their prior three managers? Yeah, that was interesting. Nathan Jones might like. I feel like he's got a bad PR guy. Uh, he. <laughs> I was I was listening to a variety of podcasts this week. I think was it the two everyone weeks? hates him. Everyone hates Nathan Jones. I saw actually <laughs> Williams. I saw a video. I think he was on Sky or some one of those shows or something like that. He was just like, yeah, Nathan Jones when he worked at Stoke, he had no idea like what he was doing. Um, Gave us no direction. Yeah, I saw that. One. No, yeah, I was like, geez, dude, like, man, kick a guy while he's down. And yeah, then, I mean. I mean, not to talk about Southampton, but uh, Nathan Jones, I think he, what he took Luton Town from the fourth division to the second division in a couple of years. So it's like, I mean, this guy knows, has to know something to, to, to take Luton Town to the championship. But yeah. um, I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. And then he, he kind of went out with a, like a guns blazing approach, at least in the press when he was like, I'm going to start playing my game, like enough of the shackles. But no, it's not, that, this show is not about Nathan Jones and, and what happened to him but uh yeah i mean wolves last week came back they were i believe they were down one nil and then they were red carded and then of or they received i think lamina got a red card and then all of a sudden they come back and, and uh or, yeah was it lamina i forget who it was that got red carded but they come back and win 2-1 for wolves i am i do feel a lot stronger about their attack now i don't you know they not wolves never going to be an awesome you know they're not going to get the engine revving. They're not going to put up like three, four goals a game. That's not their game. That's not how they're Unless built. they play Liverpool, remember. Yeah, ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, this week, Bournemouth, I was sure, I think there was two different opinions on this. I got to look at the table. But uh, in terms of goals, at, so Wolves is at home. Correct. Yes. Um, Wolves, in terms of all Premier League teams, Wolves ranks last in goals at home. They've scored nine goals in 14 matches at home. They've given up 14 goals at home as well. So uh, they have not been scoring. So they're, I do think that they're in a bit, a bit better way, at least 
in the last few matches of, of them being able to find the back of the net. Uh, and then in terms of uh, away teams, I believe Bournemouth is like kind of mid-table here. They've got nine goals in 11 away matches, and they've conceded an absurd 32 goals away from home. So something's got to give here in terms of Wolves being able to score goals or their lack of ability to score goals at home versus Bournemouth giving up over 30 goals in 11 matches. Um, but so that's, I guess that brings me to my bet. I think that, you know, Bournemouth, they are, they're terrible at scoring goals away. Uh, Wolves pretty solid, at least uh, in terms of defense, they've only conceded 14. So I'm going to, I got a little bit out of my comfort zone for this bet. I think last week, you know, kind of shook me to my core when I went 0-4. So now I'm searching for a little something different. And uh, I want, I'm going to go with a goal bands bet. You can find this over on, I think it's uh, uh, Game, whatever it is, on DraftKings. Um, but I'm going to go, I like a goal bands of one uh, one to two goals scored. It's at plus 100, so you're getting even odds. Um, and I think that Bournemouth are going to struggle to score. And I, could, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that uh, – a couple, like maybe one or two goals out of out of Wolves here. So I, I think it's a, a one nil, two nil match in terms of, in favor of Wolves. Yeah, I uh, I agree with most of what you're saying there. Um, I think Bournemouth, in terms of Bournemouth, they've I think they've shown more of a fight in the past in the past few weeks. Um, maybe it's not led to a ton of results, but I mean they got they got one one. Uh, that home match against Newcastle, their last away match, 1-0 at Brighton. Brighton got, I think it must have been Mitama scored in the final minutes of that one. And then yeah. another 1-1 against Nottingham Forest, and then 2-0 loss against Brentford. Um, they should be getting Tavernier back into their squad. They didn't really look like a legit team without him. Um, Triori's been starting. Uh, Dango Utara has been starting as well. A couple couple new transfers. Solanke was back from his injury last week, so they're getting some of their guys back. And if Tavernier's back, it should be close to what their you know desired starting eleven is. And I think that will help some, and I think that will make it uh, m- more even. I, I guess is kind of where what I'm coming to in that Wolves aren't going to come out and completely dominate. Um, I mean, there, I, I guess there's a chance that happens. I, but... I mean, I don't expect them to completely dominate either. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you just look at some of the, the Bournemouth results, and it's like they're they're just kind of struggling, even against like a team like like Brentford. They're just like struggling to possess it. But I just think with all these guys healthy and a couple you know, the new guys that they'll they'll at least put up a fight here, and that will limit my written, initial worry was that you know Wolverhampton would you know get five corners by themselves by themselves in the first half, which I guess is still possible. But I think Bournemouth how they've looked of late, I think that they can at least fight and make this, you know, more of a match between the final thirds than a match in the final thirds, at least in the first half. So if the, if the match is played more in the middle of the field, then that's going to be less corners. So another corner bet for you under four and a half corners in the first half. This one is minus one twenty, And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of similar to your bet. The hope is that it's just not, it's not a scoreless draw, I guess is, is what the main hope is here for you. Yeah. I mean, there's two different, I guess, uh, stats here, but in the last four games, 
Bournemouth have scored two goals. Each game has been in that one to two goal scored band. So not a, you're not expecting a ton of goals. I will give them credit as one of those goals came against Newcastle last weekend. Newcastle right. have, been, have been one of the best, uh, best well set up defensive teams this season. So, I mean, credit to them there, but they haven't scored a lot of goals. They rank pretty lowly in terms, I think, I guess overall, they're, they're like a bottom third of the table in terms of goals scored with 20 and 22 matches. Wolves on the other side, uh, 17 goals in uh, in 23 matches, which ranks them second to last. So I, this won't be, you know, I I would never, I wouldn't put any money or uh, towards it being like a 3-0 or a 3-1 or something like that. I would take go go where you can and take, I don't know what the under one was for this one, but uh, I would, if it had decent odds, I would I would take a look at that too. It looks like under two and a half is minus 135, which, which is just outside the, Right. typically bet on but that would be another potential option if you you know didn't want to go one and two goal scored and you and right now we have adam with the wolves <laughs> on, so that, that is noteworthy very noteworthy uh yeah i mean i think we're both on the same side here uh, again i got under four and a half corners in the first half at minus 20 120 chris is at one to two goals scored at plus 100 we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And for the next match we're talking about, this is one of two Sunday matches. You can see it on the screen here on the odds page. Manchester United are home against Leicester. Of note, we are talking about two hours before Manchester United play at Barcelona. So we don't know what their squad looks like. Eric Ten Hag doesn't rotate a ton, so I don't think it's going to be a massive deal. But we do see here that because of recent Leicester results that the line has moved in this matchup. So Manchester United were minus 220 back on February 5th. So 11 days ago, Manchester United were minus 220 to win this game. Currently, as we speak this morning, minus 170 to win. And then you got Leicester plus 450 to win. The draw is plus 330. Over two and a half goals is minus 170. Over three and a half goals is plus 145. Under two and a half goals is plus 135. And before I give it to you, I think we have some questions injury-wise. We'll see what happens with Tielemans. I think that's the main one for Leicester. But again, they beat. Uh, they beat Tottenham 4-1 last week with uh, with Mendy starting over 
uh, Telemans and Mendy had a, a ridiculous, I think it might've been Lester's first goal. Mendy had a ridiculous goal for Lester. And then Casemiro is still suspended. Um, it doesn't seem like Anthony's going to be back. It doesn't seem like Martial is going to be back. It doesn't seem like McDominay is going to be back. So we have, we'll probably get, you know, another Fred Sabitzer in the midfield, may get Garnacho or Jaden Sancho starting uh, with Vout Veghorst up there. But otherwise, business as usual there for Manchester United. So what do you got for this one? Yeah, super, I, this is, I don't know why when we, we looked at this matchup, I feel like this has been one of the more fun matchups to watch in, in the last couple of seasons. There's been some interesting uh, score lines. I mean, last earlier this year was Manchester United. Uh, this is way back in September, but it was one nil to Manchester United. So maybe not the most interesting one. But right when, at, right as Brendan Rodgers was facing some criticism, and Eric Ten Hag was also facing criticism at the time. But uh, you know, prior to that, last season one one, uh, and then four two to Leicester, and then the season before that, they did have a few matches where it was two one, three one, two two. So they have had a. a some pretty good games as over the, the past couple of years. I'm in, interested here. Leicester City coming off that big 4-1 result over Tottenham last week. I didn't really see that one coming, but I think to Leicester's credit, they've gotten a couple of players in over over the uh, over the winter transfer market, and maybe that's helped. Maybe Brendan Rodgers is starting to, to get them shaped up a bit. But, um, yeah, I'm, they've actually played very well against Manchester, Manchester United over the past three seasons. But the I'm going to focus in on one particular player for my bet, and that's Marcus Rashford. Uh, if you go back to this since the end of the World Cup, in nine Premier League games, he scored eight goals, provided one assist. And even going back to the World Cup, where he had three goals over five matches, he's been on a bit of a tear. I think that's what no mathematician, but that's 11 goals over 14 games. So good for him. Um, he's looked really good. He, he looks like I was talking to a friend and I, you know, was pretty, was much, a much younger man watching Thierry Henry for Arsenal, but like, he just like looks so smooth on the ball. Like he reminds me of, you know, he's just like so strong, so fast, um, super agile. Thierry Henry look, always looked like he was in super control. Marcus Rashford is like giving me those vibes right now. So I thought it was, would be interesting again to get out of, the rent like my some of my typical bets i'm going to take marcus rashford to score minus 105 which is i was thinking when i initially looked at that that i might get you know plus odds but not the case here but i do see this this and it looks like you also see this game being a pretty high scoring affair um <laughs> given what your bet was but uh yeah i like rashford to score uh to score through minus 105 i was looking at a couple other ones here um and you get less lesser double chance a team moves kind of really been fared pretty well against United, as I mentioned. Uh, you get them at double chance, plus 135. They are playing away at Old, Old Trafford. And United, you know, playing really well. We're getting some title shots for United nowadays, which is not – we haven't seen that in, what, like since 2012 maybe. Mm -hmm. So it's been quite a, quite a while since we've had that conversation. But, uh, yeah, if you were looking at Leicester, you know, coming off a big result, United playing on a very short week – is that I don't know if that game's at Barcelona or uh, it's at Barcelona, yeah. Okay, so they got a little bit of travel, and then they have the the game on Sunday here. Leicester fully rested, so I mean, take that in with what is what with what it, what you will. Um, but I like Rashford here; he's in the form of his life, and yeah, I guess the only worry there would be: does he start tonight, and then does he come back in and, and start Sunday too? There might be a little bit of well, rotation. 
No, they're not going to rotate. You don't think so? I saw Harry Maguire made it back into the side last weekend. I mean, that, they, that's they, a defense. They, I mean, they're only like outside of they got Bruno, Rashford, Veghorst, Garnacho, and then it's like Jaden Sancho who who also started the last game, and then otherwise it's like a Langa. They don't really have anyone else to come in and start. Like, how much are they going to rotate against Barcelona? How much are they going to rotate in league play when they're kind of you know battling yeah. for almost a title, at least a top three spot. So he hasn't really rotated much this season, Ten Hag. So that's what I'll say. Yeah. Well, that's my bet. I like Rashford. He's been super fun to watch. And, yeah, I'm getting some some Tyrion Ray vibes from that, dude. I probably like your bet a little more than mine. It feels like Rashford should be, I don't know, minus 130, minus 140. I mean, he's scoring every game. And now you get him going against, you know, the six six Harry Sutar. Uh, what his his third game in the Premier League, I think it is. It is, yeah. and and about face there, still his first season in the Premier League. Um, you know, Leicester allows goals against everyone. I don't know how many clean sheets they had this season, but it's probably not very many. Um, I'm going over three and a half goals at plus one forty five. The, the worry. The initial worry, again, I always give my initial worries on these bets, but Manchester United seem to lock down teams at home. Their home games seem to be more uh, less goals. I, I believe it's 21 scored and eight against in their home matches. But I think we have to take into consideration today's match against Barcelona. It's not going to be easy. A few days later, I mean, they're in Barcelona. A few days later, they got this one. And unless they rotate a ton, I mean, that's also not going to help very much. But you still got a guy like like Fred and Sabitzer in the in the defensive midfield who neither one of those guys has played a ton this season. I mean, Sabitzer got a few starts for Bayern Munich, and now he's going to be on, I don't know what this would be, four starts in the matter of two weeks, something like that, maybe more than that. Uh, you know, the same with Fred. He's been a bench option all season uh, without Casemiro and Erickson there. So, and then you got the attackers as well. So I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be opportunities. You also throw into the, the throw into the equation that Leicester are actually playing well. James Madison is healthy again. Uh, they got Tete in their lineup and that adds a little something more on their wing. Uh, Iannaccio, I mean, it felt like two years ago, it was like, Nacho had this awesome 10 game stretch to close the season. Then I remember talking about him before last season and then he barely, he didn't play. He didn't really play. Uh, they got Pats and DACA. DACA played over him. Basically the same thing happened for the first 20 or so matches this season. Then it's like, okay, let's give Nacho some time. And all of a sudden it's like goal assist, goal assist, goal assist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, Leicester are cruising right now. They're they're scoring. I, I still don't believe in their back line. So it just feels like there's going to be goals in this man in this match. A tired Manchester United, a Leicester City who usually struggles defensively and who's scoring in bunches right now with you know an informed Marcus Rashford. So I like both of our bets here. I guess is what I, I just talked myself into. Nice. Yeah. I mean. We haven't seen McFred at a level we had seen last year, which is probably for the better. Casemiro certainly helped them in the midfield. But, yeah, Leicester, I guess we didn't mention this, but Yuri Tillemans was out last week with a calf injury. It didn't seem to hurt them at all as they won 4-1. But, yeah, I mean, James Madison in their lineup is is really how they tick. You know, he's 
easily their best attacking player. And, and maybe that's why we see Ian Asha, like playing a little bit better too. Um, yeah, kind of wild. I picked him up in like fan tracks this week just so I was like, okay, if this guy's like scored back-to-back games, maybe, you know, we, we look at these previous results and it's like, okay, maybe he finds back in that once more. But yeah, over three and a half goals, is that, does that concern you? I mean, we're looking at a 2-2 game, maybe a 3-1 game. Do you think that's possible? I think both, well, maybe not Leicester. I think Manchester United are in play for three goals. I could have kept on with another corner bet, but nothing really stood out to me. I, I see something like a 3-1, 3-2. That's kind of what I'm leaning with this bet. Uh, last week I took, it must have been in my article, I took Leicester, in Leicester's Tottenham match, I took both teams to score no draw. Uh, that one finished 4-1, so it hit. And I, I just think there's going to be goals. I mean, I know the last meeting was 1-0, but Leicester were, were playing like a different team then. They were just trying to scrape out points. Now it seems like they're actually competent. Um, you know, always going over three and a half goals, that's a big ask. But uh, it, I'd be surprised if there was, I don't know, two goals or fewer, I guess. Yeah, I mean, noteworthy to, and you, you alluded to this, is like Lester gives up a boatload of goals. They've given up 38 all season. That's uh, tied for third most in the Premier League and then you've got United who like yes they're they've been much better attacking but they, they've given up a 28 goals this season which puts them in the in the bottom third I guess of goals conceded but they're you know lesser 36 goals scored and United 38 so yeah I think you know a bit of a bit of a big ask to get that four goals but these two teams have been involved in matches with quite a few yeah, Leicester allowed at least two in their last three. Well, they've allowed two in the, each of their last three away matches. Um, and then they, of course, have all those, you know, they gave up five at Brighton. They gave up six at Tottenham. So yeah. you got a bunch of terrible matches, which is why their numbers are pretty bad. But, yeah. All right, so we got team parlay time. We I think we're – we missed two straight, but we're still up money. Um, and we're – I – Chris gave me his bet this morning, and I changed my bet so I could match it in the same match. And we're oh, going to be yeah. talking about, yep, we're going to be talking about this Newcastle Liverpool match. We got Liverpool at home. Sorry, oh, Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle are at home. They're plus one fifty five to win, so a slight favorite plus one seventy five for for Liverpool there. And uh, the big thing, we'll, we'll see if Tiago's healthy enough. I'm not really sure about about him right now. I mean, we could even get like a Jota in the starting 11. He came off the bench last week. That would be, that'd be interesting. He'd probably come in for Gakpo. Uh, but the, the thing for Newcastle is they got a bunch of absences. Uh, Bruno Grimaris is still suspended. We don't know if Callum Wilson uh, will be back. We don't know. I guess Elmeron's probably fine. He hurt his wrist last game. Uh, St. Maximin came up. I think he tweaked something. Um, so they have some absences they're dealing with is what it comes down to. Um, so how do you think that plays a role here, uh, in this matchup, Liverpool coming off a win, coming off a nice win, getting a little healthier, whereas Newcastle have kind of had some trouble scoring in the last few matches, but they, for the most part, they've been a team at home that, you know, they kind of, they kind of dominate possession. They kind of control matches, but without some of their key guys, how do you think that uh, hap- what, how do you think that plays into this matchup? 
Interesting question about missing the key guys, but I think more or less the keys to success for Newcastle have been their defense. You know, they've, they've conceded the, the least amount of goals this season with 13. They've conceded, I think it's incredibly impressive for what Eddie Howe has done at Newcastle, but they've conceded 13 goals in 22 matches. Only six of those have come at home. So about pretty, pretty close to 50, 50 split, but you know, they're missing a couple guys in attack, maybe no, no Bruno, as you mentioned that like their that attack is mostly due to him but their success has not come from them being like blowing the doors off teams it's come because they've been well set up they they've, they've uh, conceded a very small amount of goals and then on the other side of things uh yeah i mean liverpool got a result over everton on monday um but it easily could have been the other way you know the, the ball comes off the post from tarkovsky's header they go down 13 seconds later they're in the back of everton's net so it's like the game could have easily went a different way for them. But I think, you know, going back to uh, the defensive side of things, I for I thought about two bets for this one. Um, not this game, but two different games. But I, I went under two and a half goals plus 105. As I mentioned, Newcastle really strong defensively. And then uh, Liverpool are returning uh, Virgil van Dijk from, from uh, injury. He was on the bench for Monday's match against Everton, you know, it's night and day. It's Joe Gomez or Virgil van Dyke. And, you know, Gomez had a couple of good seasons, but he's just been very poor lately. They somehow got a clean sheet last weekend or last week. But I think, you know, that helps. And, you know, maybe we see a bit more of a low scoring affair here. So I'm going on the under two and a half goals at plus 105. And then the other, this is a, a not, not in the parlay, but the, this is the other bet that I thought about that was not involved in this match, but Everton at home, money line plus one fifty. Think about it. Oh, against Leeds. Yeah. Everton money line against Leeds. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I want to. I want to take that one. From this game, but yeah, you're you're back on the corners. It looks like. Yeah, uh, I agree with how what you're going with here. I mean, you just look at these two teams. Liverpool have been, you know, since uh, a couple bad losses, they've been a little, just a little more defensive. It's not the same Liverpool that we're used to seeing. Uh, there's also not a, there hasn't been a ton of corners in those games. And you look at the Newcastle matches; they've been they've kind of struggled a little bit to score as well. And then you throw in the injuries. So I think this will be a pretty tight match where there's not a ton of great opportunities. I think I almost think, you know, a scoreless draw is in play. There's been a couple of those for Newcastle. I I know for a fact, I'm not sure about Liverpool this season, but it just seems like the the opportunities are going to be limited with how, how these teams are playing and with what they've looked like. And I think they're just going to kind of feel things out in the first half. And this is just a, you know, a classic under four and a half corners in the first half, minus 115. You put that with the under two and a half, uh, two and a half goals at plus 105. That's plus 283 odds. Um, again, our team parlay record is seven and 13. We're still up 462 on $100 bets. Um, but yeah, if you want to tinker around with this one, if maybe if you only do want to do first half, instead of doing the under two and a half goals, you could just do you know, under four and a half corners with under one and a half goals in the first half. Or if you, if you like the scoreless route, no goals in the first half combined with the under four and a half corners, something like that. So to where like, you're still getting, you know, plus 200 plus 300 kind of odds 
uh, with a just a first half parlay as well. So uh, just another option if if you kind of agree with what both what both of us are saying for this one. Yeah, would be good to get back in the win column here for the parlay. Yeah, we're. <laughs> We're seven and thirteen in this parlay. I'm eleven and nine. Chris is eleven and eight. So you you know that uh, the main thing is that we just both have to be on the same page. And you know, with this bet, we're on the same page. So I kind of like it. Yeah, I mean, we're giving out winners, but maybe not on the same week. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're still up money, so that's fine. But. That's all we got. We uh, we talked a bit on this show. We got a lot of good analysis, but uh, rotowire.com slash soccer trial, free 48-hour trial. You can get these cheat sheets. And if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter, make sure to like, make sure to su- subscribe to our Twitter. Uh, you can see in the odds report, we got Manchester City as the biggest favorite away to Nottingham Forest. And then Chelsea. Uh, coming off their loss against Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday, they are home against. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a manager-less Southampton team because there were rumors about Jesse Marsh, but uh, I don't think those have been confirmed. Um, any, any other thoughts on game week twenty-four here, Chris? It doesn't sound like Marsh is going to Southampton, but yeah. Um, Typically, you know, we cover a variety of teams here on the podcast, and this week, no different. Um, sometimes I'm more excited about talking about uh, um, matches than other matches, but this week we, we touched on three matches that are probably ranked at the top tier of the, the games I want to watch. So, I mean, of course, uh, Brighton-Fulham is going to be a good battle of two teams that are kind of going for European places, and then um, – Man United, Leicester City, always a good matchup, at least it seems. And then, uh, yeah, finally Newcastle, Liverpool in the in the team parlay. A couple games I want to watch, so that's always good when you're uh, watching intriguing games with your bets popping off. So, yeah, let's see what happens. And uh, you know, I can I can't go any further down from last week. So let's. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel good about where we're at. I guess. 100% true. All right, you can find Chris at C H R O N eight. On Twitter, I am at RotoZadroik. And for all of the RotoWire soccer content, follow RotoWire Soccer on Twitter. I never, I never recommend the the home account there, but there you go. Chris, thanks for joining me on this show. Good luck on your bets. And we're gonna be eight and zero come Monday morning. But good luck thanks. and see you next week. Yeah, catch you later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.